0: It's the Bradfield Weather Podcast, underwritten by McAllen Construction. McAllen Construction, from the first dig to the last nail. I am Dan Lavallo. He is meteorologist Bradfield. It is our much-anticipated Bradfield winter forecast, his long-range outlook for the winter. But before we do that, I know of immediate concern, Brad, as if here in Connecticut and in the Northeast... We are going to have a white Christmas, so what does it look like?
1: Hey, I would not give up on the dream of having a white Christmas, Dan, and there's a lot of uh, reasons that uh, that I say that, and uh, we're going to go into detail on it. Uh, but first off, I want to say thank you to you, Dan, for all your uh, preparation and so forth on uh, Trying to get us up and running here for our um, our winter forecast live. but uh, there are some Gremlins in my computer system here at home, um, i e the internet is uh, is very, very spotty today for some reason, and uh, everything keeps locking up on this end. So uh, that's the reason we uh, you know had to sort of abort uh, doing the Facebook live and and taking the live questions and so forth. Uh, definitely not a problem on Dan's end. Uh, when he called me this morning, I could see him fine. I could hear him fine, but, uh, nothing coming out of my address. So, uh, our apologies on that. Um, I have some, uh, some, uh, plans in the works to, uh, to get a new camera in here. And, uh, internet uh you know better internet reception and so forth so uh dan uh, apologies on that but uh we'll do you know we're we're wily veterans we're <laughs> doing the best we can uh over the telephone but i wanted to tell the folks that you had a nice uh you know nice jet stream graphics behind you and everything and it it would have been nice it would have been nice to uh to take the folks questions and so forth but hey look at it this way No one can stump me. The only one who can stump me this morning, Dan, is going to be you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And we'll be able to do this down the road, so there'll be plenty of time for the audience to stump you.
1: Yes, there'll be plenty of time. You know, I love it when you go in and you talk to these uh, first-grade classes or whatever. I used to do that all the time on on television. They'd ask me to come in or the, the Cub Scout groups or whatever. I always dreaded going to talk to them. It was the adults. Uh, you know, the adults were fine, but whenever I talked to the kids, the kid would raise his hand and go, "How does a tornado form?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> they always had the most difficult questions, and uh, you know, to try to answer that question, uh, like in thirty seconds or whatever, is nearly impossible. <laughs> and uh, you know, you need uh, you need uh, encyclopedias and calculus 101 and everything before you even try to scratch the surface on that one. But uh, I digress. Um, You asked me about a white Christmas stand, and uh, we have a little incident. uh, Again, we are uh, taping this on uh, Tuesday. And uh, what is today's date? The uh, The the 21st. First, okay, Yeah, and, uh, and we're, we're uh, minutes before the winter solstice, so officially it's still autumn uh, 2021, and we will be uh, seeing the winter solstice coming up shortly, Dan. What that is, is because of the way that the uh, Earth is tilted on its axis, the sun's most direct rays are focused at their most southernmost point, of the entire year, which uh, happens to be the Tropic of Capricorn in the Southern Hemisphere, and that is the winter solstice. And astronomically, it occurs uh, this morning, uh, December twenty-first at ten fifty-nine a.m. So we are uh, technically still in the waning minutes of uh, autumn, twenty twenty-one. Um, so. The winter solstice, uh, the shortest day of the year, and uh, this, this is the reason, uh, because the sun's rays are focused at their most southernmost point, uh, you've got perpetual darkness at the North Pole, and uh, some points up in uh, northern Alaska and so forth, and it just keeps getting colder and colder and colder and colder, and... Ultimately, that's what causes weather. The, 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 the cold air just keeps, keeps being created, and then it has to move, and it starts moving and starts spreading out. And uh, we, we, we run into systems we've been talking about, like the, uh, the ridge over the Gulf of Mexico and through Florida. Uh, you know, my, my cousins are waking up this morning in Fort Lauderdale, waking up. To temperatures in the 70s Ugh. i mean this is before before the sun's even up Dan. Wow! so you 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 get the you get a contrast like that where you're waking up to overnight temperatures that stay in the 70s all night long in parts of florida and the land of the midnight sun in alaska and the north pole uh where the north pole is perpetually dark and it's colder and colder and colder and colder, and colder. So you get the contrast between these two air masses with that ridge hanging on in the southeast, the cold air trying to move south through Canada and the lower 48 of the United States. And this is where you get all heck breaking loose in terms of big storms and so forth. As we saw and as we discussed on the last podcast, with those uh, uh, out-of-season tornado outbreaks that were uh, occurring through the nation's heartland, you've got all sorts of of volatility, all sorts of major energy in the atmosphere, and that has to be expended. And I am thinking we are going to see some major, major storms this winter. Now, I'm not saying that we here in Connecticut are going to be receiving them, but we could. Uh, We are going to be in that mixing zone between the extreme cold trying to come down from the north and the out-of-season warmth, the perpetual warmth that's been hanging on with the warm, warmer-than-usual Gulf of Mexico waters and the waters off the coast of Florida, keeping that ridge intact over the southeastern part of the country. So that's just a little snapshot of what we're going to talk about as this... uh, podcast resumes and uh, moves forward, but it does look uh, as though as we head into Friday, which is Christmas Eve day, and then we head into Saturday, which is Christmas Eve, then we head into Sunday, which is uh, uh, Saturday, which is Christmas Day, I mean, and then we head into Sunday, which is like uh, Candyland for football fans in in, uh, in Connecticut. Uh, the football fans in New England with the Patriots playing Buffalo and first place at stake and all that. And uh, I, I just think as we head into Christmas Eve, Christmas Day and Sunday, Dan, a rising chance for snow. And it could be
0: substantial. Wow. Well, that's uh, yeah, but but, the, uh, but 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 you're looking at the various models. So, is there any dispute within the various models? Is this going to happen? What does it look like?
1: Well, I examined um, really closely this morning, Dan, uh, the GFS model and the Canadian model, and both of those models are on board for um, some. For, for some Christmas weekend snow. Now, there, there are obviously, uh, you know, we're still four or five days out, so there's going to be uh, a lot of... Um what we call the, uh, the, 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 the model cha-cha, you know, you put, your, you put your snow foot in, you take the snow foot out, you put the <laughs> snow foot in. I mean, this is what happens all the time, and you're going to see it on, with the TV meteorologist saying, oh, a storm's coming. Nope, a storm's going to miss. Oh, the storm's coming. Oh, it's going to miss. You've got that windshield wiper effect, too, where, you know, the, the storm's coming, the storm's missing, the storm's coming, the storm's missing, uh, with every model run. But the bottom line is the, the, the uh, like I like to say, the players are on the field. Everything is in position that it makes sense to me that there's going to be a storm. Now to say if, if you wake up on, on Saturday morning, which is Christmas morning, if everybody in Connecticut will have snow on the ground, I'd probably have to say no. But I think a lot of people in Connecticut may have an inch or two of snow on the ground on Christmas morning, but as we go through the day on Sunday, I think it's more likely, so as the time goes on through the Christmas weekend, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and Sunday, there's a rising chance of snow and a rising chance of deeper snow. Um, You asked about the specificity between uh, the models and the differences between the models and so forth. I was using the uh, zero Z run of the uh, GFS from last night and the 6z run from early this morning z is zulu time which is means greenwich england uh, the the um the meteorology community is on global time it's not just you know the eastern time zone of the united states it's the whole globe so we we use uh, this zulu time or or greenwich mean time which uh, this time of year is a five-hour differential between us and and Greenwich, England. So that's why I'm saying the Z time and so forth. But people who um, look at the computer models, the weather computer models, know what I'm talking about. But anyway, using those models, some of the uh, GFS members have a good foot of snow for north-central and northeastern Connecticut, Um, through the day on sunday so it's it's obviously something we're going to have to be looking at as we we go through time i mean uh there are some indications that the storm coming this weekend could be a big one so uh you know we will keep you apprised on that um every day you can go to our website bradfieldweather.com and uh, we we will have the forecast in there. I want to point out a backing way up, Dan. I want to point out a little bit of a red flag here coming up for uh, tomorrow morning. And, again, we're taping this on a Tuesday, uh, the 21st, moments before the winter solstice. So I'm talking about Wednesday, the 22nd. If you've got some traveling to do early, Tomorrow. So in other words, say maybe 3, 4, 5 a.m., 6 a.m., and then bleeding into the morning hours, 7 a.m., 8 a.m., it is certainly possible that there will be some icy spots on the Connecticut roadways. I am not anticipating a big storm uh, in any way, shape, or form, but uh, we will have uh, sort of an overriding situation where we have warm air, coming up and over cold air, producing a little bit of precipitation, but it's likely too warm aloft for it to be snow, so it's more likely to be uh, either liquid rain that freezes on contact when it hits the ground, so that's freezing rain, and that's very, very uh, treacherous, or perhaps uh, we could have a few ice pellets mixed in. So uh, I think any way you cut it Wednesday morning could be a little bit slick in spots. So keep that in the back of your mind. But other than that, we're probably good up until Christmas Eve. Then we've got that little bit of a a thread of, uh, you know, some flurries or get you in the the Christmas spirit on Christmas Eve. There looks like there might be a little bit of mixed precipitation throughout Connecticut on Christmas Day. Uh, You know, the usual players with the snow to the north and the the mixed rain and snow in the middle and mainly rain on the I-95 corridor. But then as we head into uh, Christmas night and into Sunday, Both the Canadian and the GFS models, the two models that I studied this morning, both are indicating a possibility of a major snowstorm, or at least we could call it a moderate snowstorm, for Christmas night and into the day on Sunday. So we're going to have to see how that all shakes out.
0: Okay. Uh, can Can you look just a little bit ahead before we actually go to your winter forecast into the week leading up to New Year's?
1: Yes, Dan, Um, as we head into uh, the day after this potential snowstorm on on Sunday, uh, you know, it's what you would typically expect. Uh, Cold, high pressure building in from eastern Canada, northerly flow behind the storm that's departing. So I look at Monday, uh, the 27th, as, uh, you know, an okay day weather-wise. I don't think it's going to be precipitating, but I do think it will be cold. I do think it will be fairly breezy or windy. Uh, and um, just sort of the, your typical behind-the-storm kind of weather. Uh, on Tuesday, it looks like high pressure will be ridged out from eastern Canada into northern Virginia. So I am looking for a nice day coming up on Tuesday, though though uh, still pretty cold. Um, Wednesday, both models again are hinting at some kind of a a warm front trying to come come toward us. So this is how I see uh, Wednesday of next week. So this would be the 29th. It looks like high pressure will be up over Vermont, which will keep cold air in at the surface here. But uh, low pressure seems to be out near Pittsburgh with a warm front to the New Jersey shore. So the, uh, the low near Pittsburgh with the warm front, uh, nearby, but to our south, the warm air will be trying to come up and over the cold air. So it looks like a little mixed bag of rain or snow or ice or whatever, um, that would be coming in on December 29th. I think the, uh, the 30th and the 31st look okay with high pressure through the eastern Great Lakes and then, uh, uh, that would be on Thursday, the 30th, and then on the 31st, that uh, uh, New Year's Eve day, uh, the the high looks like it'll move into Vermont and uh, northern New England. So it looks like you know some fair weather. So for the uh, the uh, New Year's revelers, I don't think there'll be much of a, a problem. But as you head toward uh, New Year's Day on Saturday, and then the second of uh, january twenty twenty two on Sunday, I think some sort of a mix or um, uh, mix of snow and rain and ice uh, we're going to have one of those systems out near the eastern Great Lakes again and Dan, the rule of thumb that we typically use is if a storm cuts to our west in the in the winter time, it typically is one of those mixes. A lot of times it will be cold enough at the start to have snow. And then it will go over to sleet and freezing rain, and then it will go over to rain. Um, and and it's, it's one of those situations where uh, you up your way up toward Torrington and Goshen and Colebrook or whatever, you could have snow, and then it turns to ice, and it never really does turn to rain because the cold air hangs in. But then you go to a place like Stonington or Mystic or East Lyme or one of the towns in the southeastern part of the state. It goes from snow quickly over to rain. Uh, They don't end up getting any ice, and whatever snow they get gets washed away. So uh, that could be that kind of a scenario coming in on uh, New Year's uh, weekend. But we've got a long, long way to go before that. And, And the major problem that we're looking at is Christmas weekend with the rising chance for snow and a rising chance for significant snow as the weekend goes on.
0: Okay. I want to talk a bit about McCallen Construction, which is a full-service construction company centrally located in Prospect, Connecticut and servicing the entire state of Connecticut. Brad and I once again are happy to announce that McCallen Construction is one of our underwriters for the Bradfield Weather podcast and well, Winter is here, and that means among the services provided by McAllen Construction is snow removal. In fact, McAllen Construction services the entire state of Connecticut. Whether you're talking about your home, school parking lots, business parking lots, you name it, McAllen Construction engages in snow removal for residents, commercial businesses, and local governments. McAllen Construction is on call 24 7, 365 days a year for residential and commercial building projects, utility construction, site work, water and sewer repairs, and installation. McAllen Construction is there for you. McAllen Construction is a woman owned small minority business licensed with the state of Connecticut and insured. For more information, Call two zero three seven five eight three four seven four two zero three seven five eight three four seven four, 758 or visit McCallan Construction online at mccallanconstructionct.com. That's mccallanconstructionct.com. McCallan Construction, from the first dig to the last nail. Well, now that leads us, Brad. That leads us to the much anticipated Bradfield Long Range Outlook Winter Forecast Upper Atmosphere. All this information. What have you come up with?
1: Well, Dan, it is a La Niña winter, and uh, what, and I'll explain what I mean by that in a moment. But just by way of review. It was very mild. Remember back in October, it was very, very mild around here. We had uh, just a beautiful month and, and, and folks were thinking like, oh my, keep this coming. I mean, it was just fantastic. But then it flipped a little bit and it was chilly in the month of November. Now, I'm not really going to call it cold, but it was chilly. Uh, temperature's Every day averaged about a degree below normal, and that's how the month went into the record book, about one degree colder than average. But then we head into December, and it has flipped, and it has been warm. We have been under the influence of that southeast ridge. Now, as I say, the cold is building, and it is plain to see on the weather maps. Now, it is not here. Obviously, it is not here, but there is bitter, cold building. And the more it builds, the better chance it has to come here. And uh, it does look like it's going to be able to be delivered into uh, Connecticut. So that has been the case so far, December warm. Now, in this La Nina, it looks like the La Nina will peak anywhere between the last day or two of December and the first couple of weeks of January. So in that time frame, the, the La Nina will be at its height, but then the computer models have that reversing. Now, w- what is La Nina? La Nina is, are the equatorial waters of the tropical Pacific. Now, Dan, you, you, you think about it. You think about if you if you if you uh, are looking out the window at an airport on a hot summer day, you can see the convective heat coming up off the tarmac, type of thing. Right. It's it's very similar with 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 weather. Now, if in the tropical Pacific, you, you take uh, thirty years of weather records. Uh, what, is, what are the temperatures usually, okay? And we talk about students in school. Uh, if you're a, a, a B student, it doesn't mean you consistently get 85 on every single exam you take. You get an 85. Sometimes you study really hard and get a 100. Sometimes you don't study as hard as you should and you get a 70, uh, other times, you're, you're right where you normally are. You're getting your B, and then you average it all out, and it comes out to a B. Well, we've averaged years and years of weather data and the skin temperature of the ocean waters in the tropical Pacific, and when they are where they should be, or in other words, where they typically are, it is called ENSO neutral, but when... The waters of the Pacific, tropical Pacific, are colder than what they typically are. That is La Nina, colder by more than five degrees Fahrenheit. Now, that will cause a pressure system to form. Now, let me further explain. The antithesis of that is El Nino, where the tropical Pacific waters are more than five degrees warmer than they typically are that will induce as i was telling you about the tarmac this convective rising of air over the tropical waters of the pacific that will induce a pressure system which will in turn induce a downstream pressure system which will in turn induce a downstream from that pressure system so you've got this uh, kind of a sinusoidal curve going around the globe of weather going up, ridging, weather going down, troughing, weather going up, ridging, weather going down, troughing, and you've got that occurring all around the globe. So we can say, okay, when it's typically a La Nina, and it's a La Nina that is peaking and then weakening, so we are looking at the La Nina, as I said, cresting again in and this is what all the modeling says, cresting in about January 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 5th, something like that, and then weakening. So in other words, La Nina, the colder than normal ocean waters in the tropical Pacific, going to more normal, and then ultimately it's projected to be by next autumn a weak El Nino is is projected to happen so we look at that and say okay let's go back in time remember i said that one pressure system induces a downstream which induces another downstream and so forth and it goes all around the globe like that so we look we go back and look and say okay what typically happens when la nina is weakening we have um it allows other things to come into play. So I, I will talk about that in a minute too, Dan. But we are um, things such as the Greenland block. And and we see signs that that's happening too. So what, what, what we see is that we've got ridging up into Alaska, then troughing, and then that huge ridging over Greenland. Now, what does that do? The, the big ridges induce a big trough. And it, this is easy to explain. We call this the rubber band theory. Now, this is real easy, Dan. If you have a rubber band between your left hand and your right hand, and you pull it slightly, it will shoot the other way slightly. But if you have a rubber band in your hand and you pull it way back one way, what happens? You let go. It shoots the other way. So the, the bigger these ridges get, the deeper the trough gets. And when the trough gets deeper, that is what allows the cold air to come south. And, and then, so we get the cold air coming south into uh, the central uh, portions of Canada first. Right now, the cold air is moving down toward the northern Rockies and so forth. But then, then it will move into the central uh, plain states, eventually into the Great Lakes, and then eventually into the Northeast. So if we have the cold air there, and then we have a storm track riding up, remember what I said at the beginning of the podcast, Dan, we've got the cold air building over the North Pole, getting colder and colder and colder and colder. But we've got that anomalous ridge hanging on in the southeastern part of the United States. And usually, as a snow lover, that gets me very perturbed. You know, you might you, you might say expletive deleted <laughs> about that Southeast Ridge right. or whatever. But in this case, Dan, that may be what ignites huge storms because the cold air is going to get into the lower forty eight. So when the cold air gets here, you've got the real cold or the you know the Arctic cold. Uh, what's Colloquially known as the polar vortex, or whatever, you start getting some of that real cold stuff down into the lower 48. And then you've got the warmer than average temperatures. If I were a meteorologist this winter in, uh, I don't know, uh, Birmingham, Alabama, or uh, Athens, Georgia, or Jacksonville, Florida, or whatever. I would be predicting a much warmer than average winter. So you've got that anomalous Ridge and the warmth down there, but you still have your normal type cold coming into the lower 48 from the North. This contrast, the the contrast is what induces storms. So even if you have normal cold and normal warmth, you still have storms in the middle. That's why in the middle latitudes, we have most of the stormy weather, but when you have anomalous, one thing is anomalous, like you have the normal winter cold coming down, but the, the, the ridge in the southeast is warmer than what's typical. You can have bigger storms than are what's typical. So I'm thinking that that will be the case this winter, that we will have one or two or three storms that will be very big, and therein lies the problem. I, I can't tell you at this point if I think that the storm is going to track, um, track up through the Great Lakes and end up being ultimately a rain producer for us, or will the cold air uh, come in enough into the northeast part of the United States that would force the storm track off the New England coast? And you know what that means. When a storm goes off the New England coast, the counterclockwise flow around it, brings in a northeast wind, the old nor'easter, where we get the northerly component with the cold air. Yes, the northerly component with the cold air, the easterly component with the moisture off the ocean, and that's how we get our biggest storms. So we will have some big storms, I think. And this is the breakdown, Dan, again, of what happens when you go from La Nina to a weakening La Nina as the winter goes on. This is what typically happens, okay? I think the, um, we're going to see the, uh, the, the, the thaw, the January thaw, I think pushed back. Uh, typically, the weather takes a breather uh, for a couple of weeks uh, because what the jet stream is, is basically trying to do is take extremes and normalize them. So when you have um, these big ridges and these big troughs and whatever, that's a flow pattern, but you also have a flow pattern where the weather comes maybe right across the 45th um, degree of uh, latitude or something like that. That's called a zonal flow when it's basically west to east. But when you get these big ridges, big troughs, big ridges, big troughs, uh, that pattern will tend to relax into a zonal flow. And then it will. Then it looks like um, that might occur toward the end of January this year, Dan. But typically when these La Nina patterns go to a weaker La Nina as the winter goes on, you get a bounce back of winter. And the bounce back can be prolonged. It can be six weeks or more. And I think that's going to happen the waning days of January. Uh, into at least the first half of March of this year. So, to review, it was mild in October. It was slightly colder than average in November. It's been warm thus far in December. We have been under the influence of the Southeast Ridge. However, there are signs that a blocking configuration is now starting to take shape. And that blocked, Dan, as I mentioned, over Alaska and over Greenland. So what does that mean? That means the bitter cold that's building at the North Pole in western Canada will move into the Rockies, move into the Midwest, and move into the Northeast. So now we've got the bitter cold established. Then we've got that persistent ridging I've been talking about over the Gulf of Mexico and Florida, which keeps the cold air out of the south. So it's warm in the south, it's really cold in the north, and you've got storms going through the middle. So this is where we think that there can be a building snowpack. What does that do? (laughs) A building snowpack allows the expansion of the bitter cold to the northern half of the United States because snow is white and it reflects sunlight, and also it acts as a refrigerant. So the building snowpack will come into this, too. So to recap, the La Nina peaks, New Year's Day, or within the first week after New Year's, uh, breaks up after the first half of January. But I'll tell you what, Dan, starting between Christmas weekend, this Christmas weekend, and mid-January, we could have a few significant snowstorms. Then I think we are go into a weather breather. And then it always seems to be around the Super Bowl or my son's birthday. My youngest son is born, uh, born on February 7th, and it always seems around his birthday we get a big snowstorm. <laughs> and and I, could see that, I could see that again this year, too, because it looks like with, with the, after the January thaw happens and the jet stream normalizes for a little while, What And I'm not saying I can see this happening or there's some big reason for it happening. I'm just telling you, this is what typically happens when you're in a winter with a weakening La Nina as the winter goes on. What typically happens. So in other words, uh, you know, the the Patriots are are playing the Jets. They typically win. (laughs) So it's like... This is what would typically happen when the, the, uh, the, the jet stream goes from La Nina of normal strength to a weak La Nina. You get the, you get the January thaw followed by about a six-week build back of winter. So that would be from very late January uh, or maybe even February 1st through about March 15th. So uh, in, in essence, I guess what I'm predicting is that the warmest part of the winter is now in the rearview mirror. Uh, I was out walking, or it's not even winter yet, but the the, the warmest part of uh, December is now in the rearview mirror. I was out uh, playing with a dog this morning, and I was noticing his ball was going much farther this morning than yesterday morning because the ground is like concrete this morning. So um, it, it, it just has much more of a winter feel to things right now. We discussed on the last podcast uh, how you have to crawl before you walk, before you run, and uh, we are at least getting the the cold air established to the point where, you know, if a few snowflakes fell or whatever, they would accrue on the ground rather than just melt on a warm ground. So uh, a lot going on, but uh, I think the warmest days are behind us. We go into a cold pattern and possibly a snowy pattern into mid-January, a little bit of a thaw toward the end of January, and then winter comes back, bounces back uh, from February into the early, perhaps even uh, mid-part of March. That would be my winter forecast.
0: Is there anything which might happen to delay La Nina breaking down?
1: Uh, that's above my pay grade, Dan. I do not know much no, seriously, I do not know much about uh forecasting uh, ocean waters because mm. you think how deep the, some of that's these right. oceans are fathoms and fathoms deep and And what happens to Dan is like uh, just give you uh, that's a you, you ask a great question, but just to give you an example, the reason that a hurricane that is it like a Category 5, never really gets up to New England. Uh, the Great New England Hurricane of 1938 was a Category 3. But the, the reason that they don't get up to New England is the colder ocean waters. Now, the only way, the only way a hurricane can come up here as a category three is if it is hauling. They called uh, the great new England hurricane of 1938 though. I think they called it the long Island express or something like that, but it was because it was moving at about 60 miles per hour. Now think about it though, Dan, If, if, if the ocean is hundreds and hundreds of feet deep and you have a, hurricane sitting there churning up massive waves the more the hurricane stays in one place or, or moves very very slowly the better chance the hurricane has to kill itself because it's, it's upwelling cold water from deep deep down in the ocean and bringing it to the surface and the energy that the hurricane feeds off is the warm surface temperatures so What I'm saying is I know nothing about how this is forecast out in the Pacific and how um, the the modeling is such that it will go from La Nina to weak La Nina to uh, possibly weak El Nino by next autumn, autumn of 2022. But um, that's a great question, but I'm certainly not prepared to answer that.
0: Okay, that's fair for sure. Well, and again, as we put this podcast together, and it is on Tuesday, December 21st, and actually to the minute, we are 10 minutes away from the official arrival of winter. Uh, What does our immediate forecast look like?
1: All right, our immediate forecast, Dan, looks wintry. Uh, For this afternoon, sun and high clouds, Uh, temperatures on this Tuesday, December 21st, ranging between 36 and 42, and that's just about where they should be as we transition from autumn to winter. Now, overnight, uh, late night, sleet and freezing rain uh, with temperatures between 25 and 30, again, Be on the lookout if you're doing any late-night driving or first thing in the morning on Wednesday, the 22nd. There could be icy spots on the roadway, so be very aware of that. But as we go through the day on Wednesday, and I know a lot of folks have to get to the mall or get to the post office or whatever, icy early, say 7, 8, 9 a.m., but then clearing in 36 to 42. So the roads are not going to be a a big problem tomorrow, but they could be a problem first thing again, so I don't want to minimize that. Thursday, beautiful day. You know, last day for some big errands or whatever, sunshine, temperatures in the 30s. A rising chance for a little bit of snow on Christmas Eve day. Uh, now I don't think it'll be a big deal. I think it'll be an intro less, something like that. Again, best chance in the northern half of Connecticut, but um, even coastal uh, Connecticut, do not give up on uh, the 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 uh, white Christmas dream, because on Christmas Day uh, there could be a little bit of a mix of uh, snow and rain, and the, the typical players, Dan. If you if you live in uh, Torrington, you're likely to get snow. If you live in Hartford and Waterbury, you're likely to get a mix. If you live in Groton in New London, you're most likely to get rain. So that's kind of what I'm thinking for Christmas Day. So the the people that want a white Christmas and are all depressed that they're not getting it, uh, I think as you go into Christmas night, the rain may magically change to snow. And on Sunday, there are some indications that it could snow and snow Hard. So we will, of course, keep you apprised of that as we get closer to the situation. And again, every morning, please make it part of your routine. Uh, I've got about 15 or 20 websites that I visit every morning, and I have them tabbed and open, and I go there and I get my news or whatever. Uh, you can go to get your weather, bradfieldweather.com. I'm not saying spend an hour on our website or anything, but go there in the morning and take a look at what our forecast is, and uh, um, I guarantee you it'll be as good as any forecast you get in the state of Connecticut.
0: And, of course, we also have those uh, weather, radar, and wind widgets, which are very informative, and particularly, of course, the radar one is is right there, but my favorite, I think, is the wind, because it also gives you an idea of what the forecast is and what it could be just by looking at the wind direction, Brad.
1: Absolutely, Dan, absolutely. You're going to see, uh, as we head through the weekend, a lot of northeast in that wind, and then uh, ultimately, as the storm goes by, a lot of north in that wind, the northeast means snow, the cold coming from the north, the, 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 the moisture coming off the ocean, and the north means cold once the storm goes by. So, yeah, those, uh, those jet stream uh, streamlines give you a, a good first read on uh, what type of, of, of weather we're going to get for sure.
0: Okay. Well, that said, there you have it, including the long range winter forecast. This will all be posted at bradfieldweather.com and also in your favorite podcast directory where you can follow the Bradfield Weather Podcast. And Brad, to uh, you and Sandy and your family and to our podcast audience, a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays.
1: Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, Dan, to you and Susan and, uh, to our audience, we just thank you so much for listening and for, for uh, letting people know about us out there. And uh, we appreciate uh, McAllen Construction, our underwriter, and um, Action Carpet, uh, another underwriter. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's great, and uh, we, we just want to thank everybody.
0: All right, Brad. And again, uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to all.